0: G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and back in the studio once again is Kays. How are you going? I'm very well and I feel I'm incredibly too well dressed for this. Yeah, we've got uh, business episode. Kays on the show this week. What's what's going on there? Well, comes I'm, straight from work. Yeah, but you know, like, <laughs> mate. Talking forwards, they deserve some respect. It's all business time it, for me. It man. is all business, you're right, because this is probably the most anticipated position mm-hmm. that we've discussed so far because yep. it's the hardest one to find good players in, would you say? Uh, yeah, I think you've actually got to get a bit creative this year, um, especially in the, the shit format. But, um, yeah, from a from a- Draft and uh, keeper league point of view. I think there's a lot of machinations that have make this year interesting, especially because you know a lot of the big boys have lost their forward status. Yeah, yeah. Um, so dogs. we're going to have to go, you know, uh, sifting through some shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> find some Basically, we're we're at Ballarat Sovereign Hill, just you know, with our little panners trying like gold. trying to find some gold in there yeah, yeah. in those little pebbles. So yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like to be honest, like we've just we've got to find 60 of them. There's 60 there that will play, mm-hmm. and there'll be some that pop, and you know, value just shifts and that sort of stuff. And yeah. I actually don't really get the whole narrative around, you know, forwards are so crap, it's crap, you know, like there's no one there. Like, I think it's just lazy. Like, I think if you actually want to do some digging and, um, you know, do some research, you know, back some stats in, back some, you know, some of the stuff that comes out of the, the intra-club games going forward. Like, I think that's where you're going to get rewarded this year. So, like, for those people who are kind of saying, ah oh, no, this is a bit shit, like, step up, take the challenge. I reckon it's exciting. Yeah. Well, at, wor- at worst case, everyone's in the same boat. So, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Like, it's yeah, yeah, you know, you've got Jack McRae on your side but uh, he's now done a hamstring, so... Yeah, I'm sure he'll be back sure by round one. But I've also got, you know, Sam Flanders, you know, Luke Jackson, so you've Jeremy got maybe, Cameron, What did you say? You had ben five Kears. of the top 20 or something like that in your team? Uh, yes, I do. I have five of the top 16 from so, last season. So what would you? What position would you rather be in whether you've got five of the top 20 forwards or uh, or if you've got three or four of the top 20 mids? Obviously, you'd want the mids, right? I want the mids. My mids are pretty weak. Yeah. But, yeah, and it's one of those ones where like... This is what I'm kind of tossing up with this year. Like, do I just – because we, we keep 12 this year, you know, so we play five forwards. Like, do I just go into this season just going, I've got my five forwards. Like, let yeah. everyone else fight over what is the scraps left because there's not going to be many good people left, you know, like proven performers, I should say, left because, yeah. you know, if, if it's a borderline keep between like a defender or uh, an average mid, like people are going to be keeping their forwards. So. Come draft day, like, the first forward taken off the board, God, who knows what, who, can, who that could be. Yeah, I still feel like if you're keeping five forwards, you're probably going to be keeping someone who's going to average high 70s. I think that's ladies. Ben Keys. Yeah. Uh, so. so, he's probably the, the guy on the borderline. Yeah. Um, so for me would you be better off keeping a mid that might average a bit more that's I think so thing. I think, you like you got Luke Parker you're shopping around uh, Luke Parker or yeah, yeah. Callum Mills or um, Callum I Mills you're keeping you're keeping Callum yeah, Mills I am but like or, or I could be keeping like a Trent Rivers or something like that instead yeah, so it's like that's it Um, and I think I'll probably only make that decision much closer to you know Deadline keep lock-in times yeah alright we'll get stuck into the show properly in a second but a few things to talk about Now, okay, we've got a live show we do, up. and you're actually going to feature at this one. I am. I'm actually. You've actually scheduled it for a time I'm in the state. <laughs> yeah. So you've the never last actually. Two years. <laughs> you've never actually met Warning before. Have you? No. Yeah. Because every time he comes, you're never here. I'm at, legitimately. I'm pretty sure I've you just avoid AFL fantasy, like classic crowd. That's pretty. pretty Both times I've been for work. I was in work, uh, Sunshine Coast uh, two years ago, and last year I was in Perth. And yeah, you know, I think the year before that you missed because we were at a Buck Show in Melbourne as well. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So you missed every one of them. <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, um, so the live show is coming up. It's going to be on April 5th at the Elephant British Pub in Adelaide. It's essentially... So, it's, it's during Gather round weekend, obviously. Mm-hmm. The pub is essentially halfway between... Norwood Oval and Adelaide Oval—it's the perfect spot for it. Yep. You can walk out of the, fr- uh, the front of the elephant, or just down the road a little bit, and jump on the tram that will take you to Adelaide Oval. Mm-hmm. If you want, to, you can walk to Norwood Oval from there. It's yep. actually the perfect spot if you're going to either games. The show will be wrapped up by the time the uh, the North Melbourne Brisbane game starts at Norwood Oval, so you can kind of walk up there. We've planned this perfectly, really. Mm-hmm. We're a bit worried that because we're starting at like three three thirty in the afternoon, it might limit a few people from coming. But I'm hoping hoping enough people are in Adelaide for the weekend to actually uh, turn up. Uh, surely by the Friday. You know, yeah, you know, um, or how good does a long lunch sound? Like, just take the arbo that's off, what we're yeah. head to the pub. That's like what well, our mates are doing. let head to the pub, have yeah. a have a schnitty, exactly, have a few beers, and then wait for the show to start. It sounds like the perfect way and to then start. For me, really. it's just wander on down to Adelaide over, watch the Bombers beat the pier You wish, mate. You know what? Like, we said this on the podcast last week, but yeah. Adelaide needs a well, South Australian is a public holiday on Gather Around weekend. That'd be sick. Be so I'm good. actually pumped. The Thursday night, the Crows game, Friday night, yeah. obviously, Friday, our show until weekend pub? uh No, I'm just doing. Friday, Saturday, yeah, at this uh, fr- Thursday, Friday at this point, and I'm then- doing every Adelaide Oval game. Yeah, that so nice. should be a pretty pretty big weekend. If I can get a ticket to a Saturday or Sunday, I'm not really it out. there's still out. Sunday available, I think. I think yeah. that's the only one, though. But anyway, um, what else have we been going on? we got the rankings happening at the moment. We have done – now, let me think. When is this podcast coming out? We have done midfielders and we've done defenders so far. And we have rucks coming out this mm-hmm. week. The mm-hmm. riveting line that is the rucks yes. um, is coming out this week. So, make sure you're a member and getting access to all of those. And, of course, we've got the Mock Draft Simulator, which has done a few Tweaks in the last uh, few days. It's Mm. trying to find ways to combat people taking plays at stupid picks. Okay. Um, Has been tricky? So like taking outliers out of the- I think probably the best one so far is Judson Clark has been picked two and not picked by anyone else. So he gives me an ADP of two. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't, I'd so say, like, kind of like outliers to find ways to like derank them and things mm-hmm. like that. Has been my challenge so far. So now I'm only, um, they are only ADP will only count if they've been picked at least five times. I okay, guess so there's some kind of standard deviation yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was, yeah, a bit of a pain. But Justin Clark's probably going to have a higher ADP than he probably should. But, uh, I just need someone to pick him five more times and I'll get rid of him. So, pick him at, 305 hundred. Five more tell times, please. That. They're going to pick Judson Clark at one for yeah. the next four times. Yeah, you're right. Actually, just to piss me off, please don't do it. But anyway, um, so yeah. let's get stuck yeah. into it. We're going to talk about forwards tonight. Uh, we don't talk about rookies' case because mm-hmm. we've already done all our rookie work around the draft time. So if you mm-hmm. want to find about rookies, head to uh, keepleaguepod.com.au. Download the drafty analysis guide. Check out all the AFL fantasy stats for the rookies. It's all there that you need. And there's also a bonus episode for members as well, mm-hmm. where we kind of talk about the top. 15 uh, rookies this year. Anyway, draft deeds this year. First up, we're going to talk about some undervalued players in the forward line, Kays. Mm-hmm. And guess who's first? Your boy. The greatest man in NFL football, Ben Keys. All what right. Man. What so, what man. did he average last year? 77.3? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of flattering because I think from his last five, he averaged 64.8. Mm-hmm. So, talk to us about his season, Kays. What, yep. what went right? What went wrong? Um, what is his role going to be this year? Can he be a good scorer again? Uh, to be honest, as much as I love him, I think he plays his role very well in that Crow side as almost that pressure forward, you know, high half forward, crummer, whatever you want to call it. His role is his role. Um, and, you know, I think, unfortunately, I think the, the days are gone of, um, you know, uh, fantasy pig Ben Keys. I think, uh, you know, we chatted about it on the, the mids um, pod for our, um, you know, rankings that, you know, I, I'm really quite confident that I think Matt Crouch has kind of bounced back. So um, I think he's definitely going to have his fair share of um, time in that midfield, which probably limits what Ben Keys can do in the center square. And, and he's probably going to be used more forward um, as that kind of, you know, goal kicker pressure kind of guy. So um, in a season where, uh, you know, forwards are scarce, I think what you're going to get from Ben Keys is consistency though. Like you might not get those high ceiling games, but I, you know, he rarely puts in a, a real stinker. And I think, yeah, it's really hard to kind of say where he might fall, but I reckon, you know, an F3 maybe is is not too bad for him. And if that's your kind of mid to high 70s, well, we'll so be it. But uh, I don't think you can draft him thinking he's going to, you know, come back and be that midfield player he was a year or two ago. Kind of coming back to our league, that's the thing, like, and you thinking about keeping him as an F3, like that sounds mm-hmm. really good on paper, but then like, I've probably got a bunch of guys, most of my players average over that kind of mid 70s mark which he's probably going to go at yeah so but like not forwards obviously but like midfielders and defenders really and it's like do you keep someone like that or do you just go the best scorer in your team when you only keep 12 Mm. i feel like it's the latter which we'll we'll get to this in the questions a bit more but there's um yeah some chatter about whether it's even worth chasing forwards or just trying to pick up some 70s in the draft type thing and that's the thing it's kind of you know do you back in a guy who You know, you're going to get later in draft who can pop and pull out a 70-75 average that is going to be good enough to, you know, really replicate what Keyes can do week in, week out, maybe. Um, But as I said at the start, like, he's a player I'm going to kind of leave until last minute and just see if there are any changes to that that Crows midfielder. If you had to do it today, Mm. what's happening? What would you do? Do you keep Ben Keyes or drop Uh, him back to the floor? I think I would drop him. I think, yeah, I think I'd be going in. I'd be going in with under my belt, McRae. Landers Jackson and Jeremy Cameron uh, as my four forwards, and probably take a punt on, you know, keeping a, a Park Aurora and Mills. Yeah, I think that's probably the best option, which is sad because you love Ben Keys. And- I do, but, you know, will someone, you know, the other thing is when's someone going to pick him up? Like, love is it. some is someone going to pick him up first round? Hmm. Probably, maybe, oh, probably not actually yeah. no, You might be able to get him with So the first I might be able to get him back, get him back. You know, In the first round I do? just realised I've taken the Ben Keys poster Down I'm, I'll have to give it to you So you can take it home And put it on your wall can it come back up? Uh, no, nah, We do, we'd only do branding now You've sold it out Well it hasn't changed too often That's the thing we got Paddy Dow's photo up there And he's in the Carlton Guernsey it Doesn't really work uh, Anyway um, a, a disgrace Let's move on to Jai Caldwell One of your bombers mm-hmm. um, Every 75 last year I guess my question is like Will he ever get enough Midfield time to be viable and average more than that 75 mark. Mm-hmm. And also, do you think he's like a sell only? or sorry, a sell now because he's going to be a mid only next year. Yeah, I'm not super keen on um, on Caldwell. Um, didn't you offer me Parker for Caldwell the other day? Oh, you didn't take it. Yeah, I didn't get around to chatting back to you. But yeah, anyway, well, that's on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But hey, once again, like he is in a bit of a Ben Keys mode, I suppose the the other thing is that he, you know, is a bit younger um, and potentially could step into that midfield. Uh, probably hasn't really set the world on fire like we thought he might have, um, you know, when he first arrived at Essendon after a couple of good games uh, at the Giants. But um, yeah, does he okay. average more than seventy-five this season? Um, to be honest, I really, I'm not sure. I'd love to see. Essendon are one that I want to see some some proper practice games because obviously, you know, we've got Jade Gresham in there now. Um, you know, what are they doing with him? You've got- Play forward. Yeah, but yeah, but like, you know, and that, does that hurt Caldwell, you know, does, yeah. um, you know, Hobbs coming on hurt Caldwell? Does, you know, you've got Perkins, there's a, you know, Sardis, there's lots of, there's lots of similar guys in that side who, you know, could and should score well, but it depends how many of them are, it's going to limit their scoring. So yeah. uh, for the Bombers guys, I'm just a little bit uh, happy to hold off for now. Do you think he keeps his four status next year, Caldwell? Well, he's had it the last couple of years, hasn't he? Uh, just forward, last year, I think. Mid. He was mid-only starter last year mm. and then got forward. But it's more so not to do with playing as a forwarder. They yeah. kick a few goals early It'd on. It's more, more starting. Just starting outside yeah. and then goes in type things. thing. So, yeah, yeah I can. if he does that again, he might keep it, which might be handy, but... Yeah, I'm with you. Like monitor the off season for me. Yeah, Essendon's midfield is too deep for him to be a good scorer. That's the issue. Mm. There's not enough. I'm going to score too well. Uh, Jay Gresham, another bomber here. Yeah. Case. Uh, he's come to from sorry from St Kilda, mm-hmm. averaged eighty-seven point two in the last five games is that correct you did the article about i did yeah DT no I, I was really impressed with his back end so i did a, an article for the dt talk website um talking about him and his prospects he's actually one i'm kind of keen on because i think um he is a little bit undervalued um probably especially from a um a you know, classic point of view. Um, his back end of the the season was really, really good. 83.8 uh, average in the back end, which would have had him ranked as the 11th best um, forward in this year's pool based on those numbers. So, um what I loved about how he scored is that he didn't actually need any midfield time to score. Like, he was only getting an average of, I think, 5% CBAs um, across that kind of period. So, um, kind of proves that he he can really play that high half-forward role really well. And, you know, we've seen guys like, you know, uh, Crows Tom Lynch, um, you know, Toby Green, these kind of guys – player, uh, even Ben Ainsworth to agree a couple of years ago, like play a really fantasy friendly high half forward role. And I think, um, yeah, if Gresham can hit the, the scoreboard a few times this season, I reckon he's actually going to be um, a player who could easily be a top 10 forward this year. Did he increase his midfield minutes at the end of last season? At no. St Kilda. So it's just playing half forward. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I don't know though, like, I don't don't know. It's it's something that I'm probably just going to shy away from. Like, if he's there. Depends, like, where. Like, I I feel like he might even be kept in our league. Who owns him? Sure. But, yeah, I feel like as a forward, I think he might be kept – because they are pretty scarce, and at a new club, there's always things. But you know, I'm happy just to not have to make that decision to draft. Because, like, I, I I just see about the same old, same old, the seventy-five, maybe eighty, if he goes well. But to be any value, like you said, in classic, you probably needs to have average about eighty-five to ninety mm-hmm. type thing. So, I think yeah. if you're going to go, you know, gun to my head, would I choose Gresham or uh, Caldwell? I'd be choosing Gresham every day of the week. Yeah, I'm probably on the same page that to be honest, but um, I think they're pretty similar. Like, I think there's going to be only going to be max three or four points. Average in between them, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent Daniels is another one. Now, you love Brent Daniels. Who doesn't love Brent Daniels? Average 75 from his last five and 70 for the overall season. So, that's pretty decent for Brent Daniels. There's talk of more midfield time in 2024. Mm-hmm. You buying into that hype, case? Oh, I am because he was supposed to get it last year and then he injured himself. Uh, it was either pre-season or early on in the season and just kind of set him back Uh I've always been a big fan. I've always liked the idea of him kind of moving into the midfield. What's he, 24, 25 this season? Um, you know, average 75 his last five games. You know, got a couple of tons in there. Geez, that finals run was actually quite nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Like, nice. he is a very, very good player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm keen on him. I would love to have a piece of him this season because uh, if he's had a full preseason under his belt, which I believe he has, I think there's massive upside there and it's not going to cost you much in terms of a pick. Yeah, it's guys like him that are going to be like the value picks in this year's draft. Like yep. he'll definitely be available in our draft mm-hmm. and he'll get you like a 70 well, he's, he's that guy that instead of keeping keys you can pick him yeah. up you know round yeah. six round seven it'll cost you anything and maybe and, and five points difference per correct, game type of thing correct, yeah. correct. Um, Brent Daniels definitely want to look at Zach Fisher moving mm. on uh, had the average of 69 which is very nice um, but his last five averages the talking point he had 78.2 um, from those last five games obviously Carlton shifted into that halfback flank it kind of coincided with Mitch McGovern I think being out with injury um, played pretty different type of roles but Doc was up on the wing and all oh, that was going on. So um, he played the halfback role and it's actually pretty fantasy friendly for him. <laughs> all the talk was uh, he would be playing the same role at North Melbourne, mm-hmm. but he's gone and injured himself for the second time this preseason. So it's a hamstring tendon or something they said. Mm-hmm. Um, can you trust him still or do you think it's a bit risky now to go too high on him? I've never been a big Fisher believer. Neither have um, I until he played in half halfback flank though. That's yeah, the thing. but like we that excited about 78.2. An yeah. average, you know. Well, you know, as excited, a forward, yeah, but you're not excited about Keys. But I don't know if Keys could actually average it. Like, if it, if that's like his whole season playing there, he could push that to eighty. I don't reckon Keys gets to eighty. Keyes' last five playing forward was like sixty five, wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if one doesn't excite you, how can Fisher excite you at the exact same? Oh, average? because you average more. Take Fisher average uh, more. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know about that. Like as as we were talking about in the one of the other pods I was on, you know, like what yeah. are they doing with Sheezle? What are they doing with McKechnie? What are they doing? You know, with with, with Bailey Scott. He's basically he's basically Zebo. Jack Zeeble. Yeah, but he's skinny, like. A little- <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably better for him because he can just like no you know, he distribute, need, need and to not do anything. Uh, nah, he's one of my along with um, Tristan Cherry, He's one of my hard fades this preseason. I'm not really buying any Zach like, Fisher stuff. I'm probably not now. With he just seems injury prone. Like uh, I, I, I don't know. Even if he got the role, I just don't trust him to stay fit. Now, now he's had two injuries. In the, he's just in the not all these guys who's getting all this. You know. Twitter, you know, hype. It's just like, nah, I'm I'm good. Sam Switkowski is the next player. Mm -hmm. I did not realise this guy was 28. I thought he was like maybe 23, 24 because he hasn't been in the system that long. He was a mature age recruit. Mm. Is he South Australian? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, He scored well last year when he got midfield time. Mm -hmm. And I think towards the back end of the season, I'll just get it up here on the screen, but I think he was getting up towards, yeah, the 20% over the last probably since round 18 onwards, he was getting around that 20% mark. So not doing too badly there. And he had a last five average of 79. So I'm just going to round that up to 80. Mm -hmm. Could he play a similar role this year and uh get a similar type average from his last five or do you think he goes forward more to replace schultz or something like that so he's a guy i'm actually going to put a dt talk article together for i saw that <laughs> later in the season later news. in the preseason man. no we'll, we'll get some sizzle going <laughs> um i've got my eye on him very heavily uh, i suppose the big risk is um no schultz and what that does to his role yeah um it's not like he was getting heaps of cbas or anything like that anyway but Is he another guy, you know, similar ilk to, you know, maybe a Brent Daniels or, um, you know, the guys we were talking about before there that can, you know, play that high half-forward role, kick goals, get up the ground? Um, You know, we know that Schultz scored pretty well last year. Do they need each other to kind of work? And if they do, who's the the Schultz replacement? Um, Or does, you know, Schultz leaving mean more responsibility for Swidkowski and maybe more points? Um, He's one I think will obviously... Drift late in drafts with that 63 average last year, but I reckon he's a a real value pick um, and one who could easily, you know, get your 70, 75 average for absolute peanuts. Do you think Freeman to improve on last year or do you think they stay around the same? Um, I think they've got to improve. I think they'd say the same, to be honest. I just say not see did they how did they drop off from the year prior? That's the, the question. I think how, they overachieved, to be honest. Like, you just look, maybe it was a draw. I don't really know. But then, like, and, and I guess probably um, they lost, like, Acres and someone else, I think, left the side as well. Mm. I th- and then, yeah, but they've lost a few this year as well. Haven't really replaced Akers, them. And then, yeah, and Henry as well yeah, this year. Yeah. And just look at their spine. Like, Amos is, is good, I guess, but, like, is he like a match-winning key forward? You look down their spine, there's no real centre-half forward standout. Alex Pierce is like the best def- key defender. I feel like they aren't going to go that well this year again. And But I think that's probably a good thing for Swierkowski because I think it means he can cement his spot in that best 22. Um, well, he kind of did it last year, but play a more prominent role. And given his mature body... He could be that guy who goes in the midfield they're looking at because Diego Mira wasn't the guy for him last year. Mm. So he could get a bit more midfield time as well. Oh, he's easily best 22. He's a, he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm quite buoyant with with the Dockers list, you know. Uh, obviously, I'm a big uh, Jeremy Sharp fan. He's gone over there. Can he fill that, you know, that wing void? But like guys like Carl uh, Warner, Heath Chapman, um, you know, O'Driscoll, uh, what's his name, you know, Johnson, um Erasmus. Erasmus. Like, there's lots of good, talented kids that we've seen come into their system, you know, haven't got the opportunity so far. You know, what can they do this year? Like, I don't think they're going as bad as what people might have them down to be. Like, if Sean Darcy comes back, frees up Luke Jackson to, you know, play forward or midfield, or whoever that unicorn boy wants to do. So... um No, I think there's a um, chance they bounce back and they actually are quite competitive this season. I think the positive for Switkowski, I think from memory, Fremantle are quite a good fantasy friendly team. Like they've Mm. got a good spread of points as well. So it probably does bode well for him going forward. Um, All right, James Jordan. He is 24 years of age. He's just moved to Sydney for more opportunity. Only averaged 50 last season. But have you seen his pre-season footage, some of the inside work he's done and the way he's dancing around players and stuff like that? Sure, I saw him, you know, Step past one person. I think that was it. Yeah, that was what I saw too. Do you think he gets some inside mid-time at Sydney this year? No. Why not? They've just got so many people who can go through there. But like when you look at it, like it's not – there is so many – but like you look at someone like James Rowbottom who didn't really contribute much last. Was he out of the side at some stage last year as well? Mm-hmm. Um, Mills is injured. Sheldrick only really got the like, opportunity in there when Mills was injured. Is James Jordan a better inside player than he is? It's, it's interesting. I know they recruited Taylor Adams who's someone mm-hmm. that they expect to go into the midfield. I feel like James Jordan will get some opportunity. Well, Robottom played 23 games last year, okay, so no, he was, no. so like, but you know, Golden Parker, Warner, Robottom, Adams, you know, Mills. There's a lot of guys. You know, why did he go to? You know, it's almost like he's gone from Melbourne, who are a very midfield heavy side, to another midfield heavy side, hoping to crack into a strong midfield. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Do you know the concerning part? Played a lot of wing at Melbourne. Mm. Dylan Stevens leaves Sydney could be playing on the wing, mm. which doesn't mean it's not good for fantasy because he basically did that last year and average 50. Correct. But the, the, thing, the positive thing is he's got forward status. So that's what makes him interesting. It does. Really. Oh, look, he's interesting to me, but in no way am I overexcited about him, you know, going from a 50 average to a 85 average or something like that. I just don't think that's in his remit this year. He's definitely on my watch list. But yeah, I think he might be right in some, st- in some regard. Uh, James Harms. Does he gets used in the Western Bulldogs midfield? God, I hope not. <laughs> my thoughts is um, I feel like like Bont did a lot of the the tackling, the inside work, and my gut feel is they want to free him up a bit more this season. Like again, which will be bad for his fantasy scoring, but it'll probably be better for the Dogs. Mm. So I reckon Harms might be someone who might just rotate in there to give him a bit of a chop out. Yeah. that's my feel. Well, the Bailey Smith, um, you know, injury probably helps someone like Harms. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard there was talk, pre-season talk, of Ed Richards playing some midfield time, cool. too. like that. Um, you know, uh, Oscar Baker was on the wing last year, wasn't he? So, like, you know, they've got their kind of outside guys sorted. They do need some help for Bont and Liber. Yeah, look, there's a, there's a world I can see him score pretty well. I was kind of keen on him last year and he let me down. So, maybe I'm just a little bit, you know, uh, once bitten twice shy with James yeah. Harms. But, you know, honestly, never rule anything out with an average of um, is coaching. with an average of 46 from last season 47 Yeah, he's going to slide that's the thing so someone take a punt in him late and they might get rewarded so that's mm. about it for me Uh breakout contenders we'll move on to now this is a pretty exciting list so talking before everyone's kind of really down on forwards one of these a few of these guys are going to jump to that next level this year so yep. you'll be able to find a few of these in your draft so the first one is Mitch Owens mm-hmm. alright he's only 21 uh, average 73.9 last year. And he actually started a lot hotter. He kind of faded towards the end of the season. I'm not sure if that's just being a young player um, because he did end up getting more midfield time and stuff later on. Um, but yeah, looks like he's bulked up a bit in the preseason. Do you think he plays enough time in the midfield to warrant a decent score or do you think he's too valuable for him up forward what What do you think I think he's very valuable up forward what was his um, CBA numbers last just year? about to get them Check up that out for me. so he averaged 17 for the season but went massive over the lot a lot more than 17 anyway mm-hmm. for the last uh, since round 18 onwards it seems like round 18 they play a lot more kids in there so like round 18 was 23% then 19 was 23% round 20 was 24% and then the last four games he had big numbers so 64% then back to 31% then up to forty six percent, then back to twenty seven percent. All right. So my issue there is he only averaged sixty six point eight in his last five games. Yeah, that's the thing. Some of those, I think, some of these were like were rucks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like he's a very unique, interesting player. Yeah. I think when I wrote the piece on him in our, um, you know, drafty analysis a couple of years ago, I was kind of excited, but I just didn't know what to expect Um, I think this year it's his third year this year isn't it so we're really gonna you know see what he's made of he's an exciting talent I just yeah I'm not sure fantasy wise where he's at and what role he kind of gets pigeonholed to in the Saints I think he can average 70 plus though that's the thing like they did last year didn't he yeah he averaged 74 last year. yeah so like i think he can be like a 75 to 80 around that mark depending on the role like if he plays solely forward then i reckon he's probably going to be more around that 70 to 75 mark but if he gets some more midfield time then i reckon he can kind of yeah maybe push the 80 mark but like look at his start of the year it was actually pretty yeah pretty impressive and it was probably better when he was just getting a few cbas yeah and probably not as much so probably just suited him a little bit better to go forward and kick a few goals well, so if he plays a similar role yeah well, and St Kilda is probably going to be a solid team again this year so yeah. um, you know there'll be goals up, to, up for grabs uh, Josh Rochelle we talked oh, what did I talk I talked about him with the coaches panel that's right um, did some kind of deep dives on his stats actually so he averaged 71.9 last year which is pretty good for him and mm. um, Everyone everyone talks about CBAs with um, Rochelle and whether he gets more and that's the reason why he scores well. It actually, when I worked it out, it didn't actually matter whether you got CBAs or not last year. So what was the biggest factor for Josh Rochelle was whether the Crows won or lost Mm -hmm. in that whether they controlled the footy or didn't control the footy in the Mm -hmm. game. So he's a player that kind of needs his team to perform well to feed him the footy. Um, So if you think about it with his inside stuff, or sorry, with his midfield stuff, he's not the in and under type. He's the kind of the player that they give it to. And then up forward, he needs that delivery um, or just needs you know have the ball inside the forward 50 when the Crows are on top for him to play well. Mm -hmm. So the the big question is with Josh Rochelle is do the Crows – get better this year? Uh, I think they do. With Matt Crouch back in the side, I think they should improve like the delivery going forward. Well, not delivery, sorry. But getting the ball moving forward, at so least. Insane. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Matt Crouch is starting targets. Yeah. That is a very bold well, I call. I don't think he can kick more than 20 metres, can he? But uh, I mean, it's more so just getting the ball moving forward. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Crouch, getting it to people who can move the ball forward. Um, <coughs> sorry. He'll be one-to-one said the, the pre-season too. Like, what? Are you, you okay? Know, <coughs> I don't have a drink. and <laughs> Um What do – like, how do the Crows set up? How do they play? Um, You know, is he actually spending more time in the midfield or not? Yeah. Um, For me, he's just so dangerous and exciting, you know, up forward. Like, um, we get very sucked into the fantasy narrative in these podcasts and that kind of thing, but end of the day, Crows are there to win games and he's a live-wire goal-kicking forward who can definitely kick, you know, three goals a game without too much fuss. That's where he's best used still for me. Um, So, you know – if he can do that, he can probably going to score pretty well as well anyway. But you know. Um, the midfield time doesn't really uh, excite me, I suppose, from a real footy point of view. Did the did the Crows get an easy draw this year because they got screwed over by the umpires? Is that I what the they AFL? just get more Thursday, Friday nights. Oh, is that what it <laughs> is? Okay, so a bit yeah. more revenue. It was like <clears> yeah, reminded me they of a um, lot of Thursday nights. That South Park episode where there's an oil spill and BP are just saying sorry. With a, not really that sorry. But anyway, it's a funny episode. Check it out. Uh, Connor McDonald is the next uh, player on my list. 21 mm-hmm. years of age. Coming into his third season in Or second? Uh, Third. Third. That's right. Um, I think he gets a similar role to last year, that kind of forward with a little bit of midfield time. Mm -hmm. Another one that scored really well in the last five rounds without the midfield time. Yeah. Just natural progression, I think. And plus the Hawks were kind of competitive. I think they beat Collingwood in that period and stuff like that. So am I remembering that correctly? Hawthorne beat Collingwood? Um, They beat someone good in the last um, I think it was that patch where Hawthorne were. Uh, Sorry, Collingwood were bad. But yeah, I think that's what actually happened. So there's a few games like that where he actually played pretty well. And yeah, I think he's just one that kind of continues that trajectory. Mm -hmm. When you look at him on the breakout tracker as well, he's another one that's kind of just trending nicely in the right spot. So Uh, yeah, he's on my radar. He's another one I'll be writing an article about for DT Talk. Um, Tweeted about him. How many articles are you writing this year? Three. You're making making me look bad. Yeah, well, I'm only writing two. You you sacked me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I wrote about a tweet about him earlier this season. Uh, obviously, very keen on him, and I know that Warnie's got him in his uh, team reveal today on the the Classic site. So, your pod's gone there. But um, he was only one of eleven forwards to average eighty five plus in both their last three and last five games respectively last year. Yeah, and did that with um, from only seventy five percent tog, which is you know. Um, Pretty good for a young kid. Um, and as he said, hardly had any CBAs. I've been on him for a long time since he got drafted, actually, because uh, he Three averaged years. 121 in his uh, NAB league. Yeah, year. that's right. And yeah. That, he was the second best uh, averaging drafted that year behind Nick Dacos. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he's he's genuinely uh, an inside little um, pig. Do you think and, but it, that's more he's going to play forward, though, at AFL? Uh, yeah, well, I think... I don't know like there's still options for for them to throw him into the midfield if they want midfield's really hard someone like james Walker, which i can see it actually happening just like needs to like move out top thing on just mm. playing top thing and then free up space somewhere else will day going out help someone whether yeah. it's him whether or it's McKenzie. might have a really hot start to the season you yeah, know, yeah i don't know but you know as i said like he's scoring without those midfield minutes yeah uh, which is really good to see plus he's got that scoring pedigree from his junior year so um a couple of ticks there uh, we'll move on to Archie Perkins. Uh, last year was supposed to be his breakout year, but that's okay. We can delay it by a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Average 67.3 last year. Got plenty of midfield time mm-hmm. throughout the year. Who's the fourth in line midfielder, do you think? So my, my top three for mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. is you've got Merritt, mm-hmm. Parrish, and mm-hmm. Hobbs. Who mm-hmm. do you think the next guy that you would play in there if you had to? It's probably going to be Setterfield this year, I would say. You don't think Setterfield's going to go out to a wing or anything like that? Uh, I've always found his best inside. Yeah, okay. Like, also, I know he, he played a bit, you know, at Carlton, especially on the wing he late. He finished and, the year on the wing for you guys as well, but that might have been injury proneness as well. You know, do we throw Nick Martin in there? Um, I think he goes for the halfback, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well that's, the, that's the talk. Is it Perkins? Probably. Like no, I'm completely wrong on that. Sorry, Setterfield did not play on the wing. In the end of the season, he came back around 24 and had 62% CBS. There you go. So it's probably Setterfield um, from just a consistency point of view and you know what you're going to get from him. Um, But yeah, probably after that it's Archie Perkins because he's got that – he's a bigger body, got that explosive movement, um, you know, can get out of uh, the stoppage if needed. Who would you keep out of Setterfield and Archie Perkins? (laughs) Setterfield's no spring chicken, is he? No. I'm just saying if you're in the window. Mm, I Probably – Perkins with the four status is my thinking. It's a good question. Yeah, Set of he average ninety two last year. I don't think he does that again though. He's a he's a he's a guy that you can get for cheap. I yeah, will be, be in draft pools oh, if you're talking if you're talking a proper keeper league, you're definitely keeping. Perkins. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, another bomber. What's going on here? I know, you're writing so the show, so Doc. So many up and comers here. Elijah Sardis, yes, uh, 64 <laughs> last year. He was actually pretty good. I think he had one score in the. I think he played three games and had one in the 80s from memory. So if you look at him on the breakout tracker after his first three games, 64 mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. really respectable. Very small sample size, yep. size, but for a forward, 64 is a great start to your career. What do you think his role is this year? Keep in mind, this is really important here, case. He makes AFL fantasy content on TikTok. Really? So he reviews fantasy players and reviews his team and talks about his AFL fantasy team each week. He has he picks himself in his team? As like he, he loves fantasy, so he cares about fantasy. Can you get him on the pod? Well, the thing is, I, I've you know on TikTok you can see who's been on your page. Mm. And he's he's been on our page. He's had a look. <laughs> you you keep talking about how you're all in with the cool young kids on the TikTok. Oh no, these I get days, laughed so. at by the kids on TikTok. But so uh, maybe just a little shout out for, to I keep Elijah. Getting big view view numbers. That's that's what keeps me there. Ah uh, yeah. When they G'day come Elijah. over, we'll bring him into studio heff. We'll what? take studio Hef to the hotel room to who to, 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 to largest artist. So yeah, he, oh, might be. I, I don't know if you'd be allowed to walk into a random Can he pop, in can he bedroom, pop into the um? The, the Elephant. The Elephant before... Um, oh, well, maybe. Cash. <laughs> the <goal time. laughs> They're gold. they have to check in for their game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Look, he obviously played a lot of VFL last year and his numbers are really good uh, VFL-wise for a first-year um, player. Obviously, very highly touted. I think just with, you know, we've already talked about how many guys can roll through the midfield or forward um, at the Bombers this year. I think we'll probably just give it a little bit of a um, cautious approach, I think, yeah, um, you know. And just try and build up some of that, you know, um, experience and match fitness in the twos. And then, you know, if there are injuries or uh, guys underperforming, I think he'll be like literally ready to step in, ready to go. The kid's going to be a gun, I reckon. just needs to get that clean bill of health and a good run with injuries. Uh, Finlay McRae, 47 average last year. I think he only played the one game. Do you know what's great about Finlay McRae and Collingwood in general? No. Is when you post anything about collingwood on either tiktok or instagram or whatever mm-hmm. you're guaranteed to get collingwood members piping in and saying you're wrong mm-hmm. or fighting amongst themselves mm-hmm. within the comments or just fighting with other fans so it's just guaranteed engaging it's, it's incredible so thank you collingwood for basically kicking my algorithm into gear um I said on TikTok the only way I see him fitting in is if they move someone like Tom Mitchell into Taylor Adams' role. Well, mm-hmm. more so how, him being a good fantasy scorer, a reasonable fantasy scorer this year, mm-hmm. is if Tom Mitchell moves into Taylor Adams to that mid-forward um, type role, and they give Finlay McRae a good run as that inside type of guy. But like, how good was Tom Mitchell in the grand final? Like, I just don't mm-hmm. see that happening. He was almost Norm Smith Medal worthy, mm-hmm. you know. So I just can't see. I just can't see a world where Collingwood, who are contending for another flag. Like who they move in and out does Pendles move out to give him a go I just I don't know how the Pendles is in. getting better that's what I mean like <clears throat> by the time he's 40 he went a brown low like it's crazy he could be one of these guys that just never gets a proper crack at it you, might know, for their, some, you know might like, have to pat you down go somewhere or, else well he's not getting a crack at it anyway but um <laughs> yeah look <sighs> he's uh, another one I'm happy to just to leave this year. I just don't see there really being a, a best twenty-two spot for him. Yes, I know Adams has left, but you know uh, who missed out on the ground. He didn't even play in the ground final last year, did he? Taylor no. Adams. So like you know, yeah. Um, you know, like it's not like there's Taylor you know, Adams is a, removed a, from the midfield anyway. So a spot like, yeah. to come in there. So you know, and if he is, he's not going to get is if Finlay McRae plays, he's not playing inside. He's going to play wing. You know, pass. Yeah, he's definitely. a pass. Yeah. yeah. I tend to agree. All right, who is next on the list? We've got Luke Peddler. Um mm. Average 58 last year. Showed good signs last year. Moved into the midfield in patches. I think I, another thing I said on the Coaches Panel podcast, I feel like Luke Pedler and Josh Rochelli are players that Crows will rotate through their midfield depending on what they need. So if they need a bit of brilliance, a bit of flash, a bit of flair, they put Rochelle in there. Mm-hmm. But if they need that extra in and under kind of front type, mm-hmm. they'll put Pedler in there. And they'll probably <clears> rotate forward is my thinking there yeah so I don't know he's got good junior numbers peddler that's the one that keeps me keeps my eye on him so mm-hmm. what do you think about peddler? Um, I think he's kind of like the third stringer behind Rochelle and saligo for that kind of young you know mid forward wing kind yep. of role um, I think saligo's in for a good year personally yeah um, obviously peddler worked his way into that team last year and, and played some really good footy uh, I just don't know if his role in the side is going to be ultra fantasy relevant this year or next year um, yeah. might depend a bit on you know guys like Crouch or yeah. um, Laird or even Sloan the positive light is like rounds one through to or essentially eight he didn't mm-hmm. get a CBA he got one in round five mm-hmm. and then from round nine onwards there was not a game where he didn't get double figures until a bit later on in the season that kind of coincides with Matt Crouch coming back in yep. there as well so yeah, I don't know. I think like to get that uptick in the middle of the season, and the crows are actually performing pretty well throughout yeah. that period. I think it's good science. For uh, him. Yeah, I think he's definitely a best twenty two player, but look, what was his top school last year was eighty. Um, you know, I want to see a little bit more from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I still think if he's going to pop, he's probably a year or two away from doing so. Yeah. Um. Next one's Riley Philthorpe. Your man. A few people haven't. A- or well, not one person had a crack on the social media to say, why do people keep saying he's going to move into the move into the ruck? You keep saying that. I think you're the only person in the no, media saying that. it was in the advertiser. So, unless I've influenced the advertiser. There was the advertiser last year. You might sorry. have. But the thing is, like, he was a ruckman as a junior. That's the thing. Mm. And, like, a, a, an elite one too. So, that's, like, the only reason that I'm holding on to that hope. So, I'm just saying, if you see any murmuring of Riley O'Brien, and Riley O'Brien's such a – like, he's a good tap ruckman and he's good, like, aggressiveness at the contest – But like he sucks around the ground. So it's like if you had Philthorpe in there, who's got better skills, I feel like he'd be better, but you might lose out in the taps. That's all. Um, So anyway, I'm just saying elite junior ruckman. So keep your eye on him just in case he does it. You love Raleigh Philthorpe. I do. Um, Joel Jeffrey is another one. I think we talked about him on the Defenders pod, but we can talk about him here again. Um, Just track his preseason because if he's playing that halfback role like he was, um, he's definitely one to look at. The thing is, like Dimmer, in probably changes everything, and he might not even get a game because I don't even know how he fits into that forward line. Mm-hmm. I know um, uh, Jed Walter's now done a collarbone or something, so yep. he might even find himself back forward if they were even planning on playing Walter early. I don't know, but. I don't know. Do you have anything about Joel Jeffrey? What do you think that was just a flash in the pan? That two-game role we saw. Still, we what top of seventy-five last year. Nah, he's just a, a wait and see. Like if something really pops in the preseason, yeah, maybe. But, but seventy-five was when he was playing half-back though. Like his first yeah. game playing, well, adjusting to a new role. I always quite like a little piece of a defender-forward status player, just as you know, backup here and there as well. So, handy to have. Um, you know, from that point of view, he's always worth a look. But not someone I'm going to be super high on this year. I don't think. All right, Bailey Humphrey, the big humper, uh, average 51 last year, has a potential to break out, I think, just purely because he was kind of like – he looked like AFL-ready last year. Mm -hmm. Like, he could bust tackles and, like, have a real crack, things like that. And he himself just said he was, like, a bit tired towards the end of the season. That's why he kind of faded pretty hard. Mm -hmm. What do you think – how, what do you think Gold Coast midfield make up? Like, I think Took Miller moves back in there big time a bit yeah. this year as well. So, I'm not sure how he cracks it because it's pretty solid. Midfield. I think Dim is there to win. Like, that's why he brought someone in of his ilk. So, yeah. I think they're going to, you know, their side's really good. Like, and they've obviously got lots of depth. You know, I think the next year or two, you know, Anderson's great. You know, Rouse great. Obviously, you got Took. You got Flanders. Flanders. You know, there's so many guys they can pop through there. I think, you know, Humphrey will be playing. Uh, but I think, yeah, he's, if he is, he's going to be more of like a, a bit player or, you know, properly playing forward just to get that game experience. So, um, yeah, I'm not really expecting massive things from him this season, but in the future, definitely would be stashing. I think if you draft him this year, he keeps forward status for next year. Yeah, I do. Be, I, I think that, that might too. be the breakout yeah. for him. You're basically to have. Hold, trying to get him a year prior. Maybe he should be in the stash options. Yeah. Options. Um, Let's move into some fossils. There's only two over 30s I've got my eye on. Mm-hmm. Taylor Adams is one. Yep. Do you believe the midfield height? He's going to go there, play midfield. And um, what can he average? Uh, no. I think he's pure backup. Um, as we talked about the Swans before, I think there's lots of guys who can roll through the midfield. Um. You know, still still, lots of youth, Golden and uh, Warner going to lead the way there with a couple other guys. So, look, he might have some games where he spends a bit more time mid than, you know, not, but, um, you know, his issue for the last couple of years has always been his body. Yeah, and his body different. keeps letting him down. And, you know, a guy 31 who's coming into a team who's a good team and um, – also, as a pretty strong midfield, it's, it's not something I'm super excited about. I'm not super excited, but I think he can go around a similar average as he did last year. I don't think he leaves Melbourne if he's not guaranteed to play. That's the thing. So, I think he's going to be playing there. What capacity? Like, I think it might be a similar role to Collingwood, so mid-forward mm. type thing. So, maybe not the biggest uh, uptick in scoring, but you know, I'm not going to say no to a guy who can average, what, 77 You know, yeah. in my team. So, and for me, someone like me contending, he's someone I'd look at trying to get a little bit cheaper in the trade, like given that he's 31 and probably going to retire in the next two years and is so injury prone. But he's someone I'd probably try to get on the cheap to have a crack at a flag with. I think that's more of the mold he's going to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Nat Fife? He's back training with the mm. midfielders. Can we trust him ever again? To me, I still have a little bit more faith in Nat Fife than I do Taylor Adams. Fife, you know, it's purely a case of his body. It's yep. nothing to do with role or anything like that. Because if he plays, like if he's fit, he's playing on the midfield and he's going to be a gun. Mm-hmm. I feel like Fremantle need him so desperately in their midfield. Yeah, like they they're looking for that third stringer so bad. Like they got O'Meara in last year, who just didn't really work for them. They tried Will Brody the year before that, which didn't really work for him either. Mm-hmm. I think he's the guy that they need to step up. And if he's fully fit, you know, Joel Brown on the he yeah. should be pretty handy for him. Well, yeah, and he paid like 63% TOG last year. Yeah. like So, when he was there and when, when he was actually playing, he was really hardly on the field and, you know, he probably would have been a player, you know, historically, he was, you know, 80% TOG. So, th- I think there's natural, you know, re-improvement for Nat 5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't def- I definitely wouldn't be keeping him if I owned him, but um, if you can get him late in a draft, I think he's definitely worth it um, and just hope that that body bounces back. You know, from all reports this preseason, he's, you know, fit and firing. So, uh, I think, yeah, he's worth a look, um, especially, look, if you can kind of get him for the price of a F4, F5, and he ends up being an F2, F3, well, then you've, you've got a winner there. Yeah. Yeah. Um- all right, on to some stash options. I've got Mateus Filippou here, and to be honest, like a lot of these Saints could go alright this year. It's just I don't know what their midfield makeup. It just mm-hmm. seems like everyone's vying for more midfield time. Yeah, like uh, Windhager is, um, who's got Mitch Owens, Hunter is, Clark, Paddy Dow's coming in there. There's like so many players that are potentially going into the midfield. Can we not so talking about like. Patty Dow? It's not a fucking VFL podcast. Who's best clearance player per CBA in the in the league. This is just one of these stupid stats that you and your mate make up to make your sound sound important. It was actually Stevie Fizz that came up with that one, but apparently it's true. For any player that had over 30% CBAs, he was the best one for clearances. Um, anyway, uh, Mateus Philippou, I think I'm going purely on just looking at the guy. He still mm. looks like a child. Yeah. So like, that's why I'm saying give him another year and then potentially more midfield time because he was an elite junior scorer. Yeah. So you've got to factor him in it's kind of that weird one where he passes one set of eye tests but also fails another set of eye tests where it's like yes this guy looks like he can play and accumulate but at the same time dude you just need to put on a bit more size I don't think like we'd see a difference in his role he did play I think the last three rounds he had a heap of CBAs but I think in the kind of first part of the season where he's kind of rotating between midfield and forward that's more likely we're going to just continue seeing Mm -hmm. I do think he boosts his average from 52 to say 62 this year type thing as 10 points on maybe even 15 you know gets into that Mid 60s, and then I think we're looking, you know, for future years to him to kind of break into that, Mm -hmm. yeah, into our sides as a fantasy scorer, I guess. Yeah, Elijah Hewitt. Yeah, I do really like this kid. Mm -hmm. Um, from what I saw last year, just pretty much straight after I traded him to you for depth, Mm -hmm. started playing pretty well. But um, and but the thing is, like, I I just I needed to get I needed to get some depth in, and he was the only thing currency I had. But Adam Simpson's already said this year that they're going to use him sparingly. They don't want to rush him in. Mm -hmm. I think he's already. Had a few injuries in the he's preseason. He's already injured. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got a foot issue, yeah, which is so never good. He's someone who's going to be used pretty sparingly, so just kind of right off for this year I think but yeah. I think long term he is going to be a pretty decent player oh definitely uh, really love him would have loved to have held him if possible um, you know if we were playing a dynasty league I would have been yeah licking my lips to keep him long term but um, yeah I think just with this this uh, foot injury at the moment uh, yeah I'm just a little bit worried about him thank for goodness for that because 20- I'd be devastated if you were able to keep him and uh, he'd be a gun 2024 but yeah. I would love to draft him late this year Um, last two players I'm going to talk about in the stash options uh, Haven been- Actually played a game yet, um, mm-hmm. but it's more looking at VFL numbers and junior scoring. Yep. First one for me is Harley Gallagher. Gallagher I should say his name right? Harvey Gallagher is who I'm talking about. I think I've been spreading this guy up since I just read his draft numbers, um, his draft a year numbers. So he was overlooked i think in the draft mm-hmm. and then re kind of shaped his game as like a halfback flanker so it was a small forward reshaped his going halfback flanker and like basically put up like 150s for like four weeks in a row in the in the tech cup back then or whatever it was mm-hmm. talent league before coming and getting drafted um the dogs fans just absolutely love this guy so comments everywhere like if you look at um they posted some of his highlights at the end of last year and like you can come off the halfback and like you know sidestep people and you know take running bounces and out you know burn people but then you can also go forward take a few marks i think that was a game where he had 29 disposals and kicked two goals as well uh, coming back from injury no it's pretty like crazy what he's actually able to do and what's really funny is he's listed as a medium defender by champion data but he's a forward in fantasy so i don't know how he's not at how least, does that work yeah exactly so at least i don't know how he's not a as, as not at least a def, def defender forward. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so if you actually go to the spreadsheet where I've pulled all the, um, the AFL Fantasy um, spreadsheet, ranking spreadsheet, where I've pulled all the champion data information, yeah, you'll see he's a forward in fantasy and then a def- medium defender in champion data. So <laughs> pretty crazy. So my point is if he gets a halfback role, and this is the thing, um, who's Bailey Dale, mm-hmm. they're talking of him going back forward this season. So it potentially opens up the halfback flank, but they've also got no wings At Western Bulldogs all. Like no good ones either. And there's talk of him could be playing there. So Harvey Gallagher um, listed as a forward. If he can debut this year, might be a bit of a surprise package, but I think Mm -hmm. if he does debut, you're waiting for that next year for him to get him there. So that's one I've got my eye on. Proper stash. The other one is Billy Dowling. Mm -hmm. So again, elite junior scorer. Yep. Um, I think he played for North Adelaide. Mm-hmm. I don't remember? Yes. Um, started uh, forward in the sample last year, but then moved into the midfield later and put up good numbers. I think he ended up with an eighty-plus average for the year. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven was it? Mm-hmm. But then in his last um, in his last few games, he put up some big scores. Yeah. And then I think in the finals, he was okay as well. Kind of four tons in his last uh, three tons in his last four games, or five games. Yeah. Yeah. So if he can debut, um, he probably need a season to find his feet especially in that Crows midfield, well, the three big pillars going ahead of him. But if he can get a game this year, I think he'd be ready to go for the next year after that. And yeah, maybe even push someone like Matt Crouch out of the side after that year. So yeah, Billy Dowling, keep him in your black books. All right, gold members, K's. I've been I've read out all the gold members so far this year, so I'm going to give myself a break and let you read out a few names here. My pleasure, you know, Hef. You need to put that close to your face. your well- glasses. These fucking things font so small, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I don't want to stuff it up. Yeah. Because like, you always give me shit for stuff. I'll highlight it and make it bigger for you. Yeah, there you go. I wanna happy? the first name's really tricky. <laughs> okay. Andrew Gottliebson, hope I said that right. Shane Brown, Toby Brandenburg, Carla Copeland, Stephen French, Tim Davis, Crunchy Crane, Ben Leach, Alan seri Hamish Hutton, and a special shout out to Ryan Arms. <laughs> finally got his name read out uh, a league mate who wanted to skip to the top of the queue and not wait for his turn but anyway you got it you more it than to happy him. to oblige I gave it to him um, alright let's get into the questions and we'll wrap this thing up uh, apologies for not being heaps questions I only got the questions thing out today and uh, didn't have a lot of time to uh, actually put them in the dock but It's a forward podcast. It's going to be pretty long anyway, so there's enough here. All right. Matt W is asking, who is the first forward to gain 2G4P status in 2024? Mm. Is it Rashelli? Is it McDonald? Is it Sardis? Is it Fisher? Or is it someone else? Who do you think it is? Wow. That's a great question. Uh, Of those guys, I actually think it's Connor McDonald. I think he's the one who can pop. Um, Mitch Owens could be close around that mark too. Um, I'm with you I reckon if uh, sorry I reckon if Fisher was fit had no injury interruptions mm-hmm. I think he could average 80 over the first five weeks or something and that'll probably get him to that point yep. but now he's injured I think McDonald's probably the best shout yep. All right. and he's gone with actually he's gone with um, averaging 75 as 2G4P which is probably fair this year because um, any kind of any forward that's averaging 75 is probably going to be snapped up in most leagues, I think. Um, Russ2468. Yeah, I've heard Bailey Dale playing up forward in match sims. If he stays that position, how early is he back to the podcast as a forward? What was his averages when he used to play as a forward? Bugger all. They weren't great, were 50 they? 50 or 60. Yeah, like. They've got an abundance of that running half-back type with yeah. Ed Richards back there as well. Caleb Daniel can do it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now my boy Harvey Gallagher is going to start playing there as well. Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty uh, – pretty. I know, it's pretty devastating for owners because um, like I think he went pretty early in drafts last year as well. So Bailey love, Dale. Yeah. Yeah, he and he didn't beam. have a great season really but either. Got too um, crowded back there for him. And Doc sucked as well. And, yeah, Bevo coaches him. So Correct. Keeps running fantasy Bad, stores. bad news. Um, Ben Blake wants to know for startup keeper league is it Mm -hmm. worth just ignoring forwards this year and deal with the problems next year it's not actually the worst shout no I like it Um, you know like McRae you know what you're going to get from him if you're talking about the top 10 right yeah Dusty Martin's old Caleb Daniel you know flits between back and forward you know Flanders probably loses forward status next year yeah I think Toby Green, Dylan Moore, Shay Bolton uh, are probably your th- you know three guys you he could, could try try or Shay, whatever. <laughs> um, but obviously Toby Green's old Dan White's Charlie Kerno you know like you know what you're going to get there so he's probably a safeish pick. Zorkos yeah. could retire could get injured never yeah, play Luke again. Jackson is as you at know, number 10 is you know rock forward and I think he's kind of rock forward for life so he might be worth a look but apart from that you know you you know there's not a lot of safety with picking some of that stuff. Maybe an Isaac Heaney, but, you know, he's pretty plain Jane or, you know, yeah. consistent. But, um, you know, you know what you're going to get. So, maybe it's just more about drafting a couple, you, you know what you're going to get kind of guys. And, yeah. um, um, and then, you know, try and pick a, a guy who might pop, whether that is like a Connor McDonald or, a, you know, even a, a Brent Daniels or look further down the list and just go, All right, I'm going to back in. Know, I don't know Tom Powell or, or yeah. someone like that to just to jump off the page this year. Like it's not. A, I know it's not start. He's talking startup, but yeah. like in our league when we're keeping twelve, mm. right? And it's really eleven because you've got that rookie. Yeah. Um. It's like why would I not just keep my. 12, like 11 best scorers and then just try to make up forwards in the mm-hmm. draft like if I've got maybe two forwards I can keep you know out of my 11 mm-hmm. then I'm just gonna look for people like in the draft mm-hmm. like it's I don't know I'm doing the same thing because I'd rather keep a midfielder or a defender that I know is gonna get me 90 plus 80 plus or 100 plus if it's a mid yeah. obviously I'm not dropping those guys back mm-hmm. but and then just why would I just risk like take up one of those spots that are so scarce? Yeah, to keep someone who's going to average me seventy five. Yeah, I think your single season draft is a bit of a different chat though, because yeah. I think you still want to have that. You know, you could probably make or break some games. The you thing is, someone's going to gonna reach. Line? Well, McRae maybe not now. To know they might slide a little bit now, but someone's going to reach for like a Flanders mm. at like pick twenty four or something yeah, like that. Which and is it's, dumb. Yeah, and it's just going to be like yeah, and then you're just going to pick a midfielder. Like you're going to pick Jack Steele the next pick. Type yeah, thing. It's yeah. I don't know. I think you Going into those single season drafts, you're going to have to have a bit of a plan and and get your tierings right with with some of these guys. Yeah. Um, All right. Jordox 2020. Our keeper redraft is approaching and everyone is scrambling for forwards. How would you rank the following uh, options based predominantly on impact this year, but also with a little eye on the future? So we've got Jordan, Schultz, Mm -hmm. Norton, Baker, and Pickett. Who would you rank? you mean it's Cozzy Pickett? We haven't talked about him actually. Um, yeah, I just, didn't, I just don't like. I didn't think he was undervalued because mm, I think he's, you were yeah. just going to get the same thing from him. I had not even thought about him, so that's, he's that's not even that accordingly. Uh, I think long, like for the life of their career, I think James Jordan will be the best scorer. But I genuinely have concerns. He'll, you know, won't be a forward next year, and he'll just end up being a you know eighty-five, ninety midfielder, which is no good to anyone. Um, you know, Schultz is older. You know, Norton probably hasn't reached his potential as a as a player. He might have the one with the upside. Baker, you know, um, flips and flops between back and forward. Or Baker, I find, like, out of this rankings, I probably wouldn't have him that high, but I find he's, like, pretty, like, safe for, like, a 60 at least. He's safe, but yeah, he's just one of those guys, you're like, man, you could be, like, a 100 average yeah, kind of dude. He and he stays just- on the half yeah. flank, whatever that. I think yeah. I would be going Norton just on, Whew. you know- uh, you know he, he can ha- he has some good games where he can score and I, I don't hate a key forward yeah um, no nah, it's not that know. it's more like with I think Ugal Hagen is like overtaking they got someone else up there now and Bailey Dago's forward as well it's just crowded up there he pick it. can he have a bit of midfield time I don't know I'd say jo- James Jordan is the at least he's playing a wing so that's I think yeah, the very this is good very for mid- one year yeah true it's a little on the future you know nah no but he says based predominantly on impact this year. Well, I suppose, but, so I think you're James saying Jordan, that, but I don't actually think James Jordan's a safe start in the Sydney side either and a safe scorer. I think he plays. I think he just might be on a wing. That's all. Um, so I'd go Jordan out of them. Uh, my rankings, I reckon I'd go Jordan. Sh- uh, I don't like Schultz at Collingwood. Maybe Baker because, nah, Jordan, Norton, because Norton's got that ceiling. He can go big. Mm-hmm. Then maybe Baker, Schultz, uh, maybe Schultz before Baker, Schultz, Baker, Pickett. No, Pickett's got to be higher. It's really hard. They're all pretty similar. <laughs> like, I think you're going to be splitting hairs between most of the in terms of their average at the end of the year. Let me think about it. Jordan, I reckon, is my clear number one. Then probably Norton. And then Baker, Schultz, and Pickett, I reckon, all average the same this season. Like, low 70s. Maybe even Baker lower. I think he might be 60s. Norton, Baker, Jordan, Pickett, Schultz. All right. Very, very different. But, yeah, they're all pretty even. Um... How, this is from from Ball Boys Fantasy, great podcast. Go and give them a listen uh, if you can. But uh, how much do you value players who we expect to remain forwards versus those who need a midfield role to fulfil their ceiling? Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on this case? Um, When you're starting up a league especially, um, I always try and target, you know, as we've spoken about a couple of times, like, I like that age group. You know, you're 25, 26s. Um, you probably go a bit younger for forwards. I think you always know there's guys who, you know, say, for example, this year Sam Flanders, it's probably his last year being a forward mid. So, you know, if you if he was doing a startup draft, you know, while I'd love to have him on my side, he's probably happy – he's probably one I'm happy to let go. Whereas, like, I'd probably put more eggs in the basket of a, you know, a Dylan Moore um, – Shea slash Shy Bolton, you know, those, those types. Even like as boring as he is, like it's actually quite good. I've got a keeper league side where I've got Isaac Heaney. Like, yes, he's not the most exciting guy. He's never, you know, his ceiling's kind of low, but he never really has a bad game. You know, he's going to be a forward for life. He's a safe keeper, you know, in most keeper leagues each year. You know, whether that's here looking at that list, whether it is Charlie Kerner or Isaac Heaney, um, you know, Joe Danaher at a, at a stretch, you know, like they're just safe keeper options I suppose each year in a a bigger um, league so I like to have a bit of mix guys that you know if you're really keen on Flanders and you think he's actually going to be a really good midfielder long term well then obviously have a crack at him but I always try and keep a couple guys who are just safe keepers next year in that forward line yeah I know you mean like last year like I would have Taking someone Rosie, no worries. Wouldn't have thought about, like, his future mm. fours status. Butters yep. it's probably the same as well. Like, yep. who cares? Like, they're going to be primo. So, it doesn't mm. really matter in that, in that regard. I don't know. I think it depends where your team's at. Like, if you're contending, mm. um, then who cares? Like, yep. it doesn't really matter. This is so different, though. Like, last year, like, Taranto, Rosie, Butters, Canelio, um, Goulden, like, all of the... You know, like, they're all actual fine having have a new midfielder as well yeah like they're they're a next level there's you know mcrae's regressed so far well you know he had a bad end to the year mcrae might be the only one who you can literally maybe flanders go yep i'm happy to have them as a midfielder like i'm not happy to have dusty as a midfielder i'm not happy to have you know um shay shay bolton as a midfielder like you, you know uh, yeah I so mean- i think that's what you just got to go into and going all right if I'm paying top dollar for some of these guys, am I happy to have them as a mid only? If not, avoid um, and try and fill up your side with guys who you're kind of happy to carry as forwards longer term. Yep, I reckon that's fair enough. Anyways, Case, that's a wrap. That's shorter than I thought it was going to be. We must have done a good job. Very efficient. <laughs> It's because must I'm be in the, my business attire. Yeah, must getting be getting it done. The German German heritage in us, very efficient. The Germans. Um, um, all right, uh, that's a wrap. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, please sign up as a member. There will be a link in the description below. Uh, also, get around us on our socials uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, basically everywhere, and. Last but not least, mm. grab a ticket to our live show. Yeah. If you're gonna be in Adelaide on mm. April the fifth, mm. you could be you could have a beer with Kay's and myself. How and, lucky. And would that don't be. be fooled by the fact that Hef's got his picture in the ad yeah, twice. There's other people there. There will be other hey, people Hey, come on, there. that's the podcast logo, right? That's the podcast background it's very convenient no, I'm not in the podcast logo anymore so, you know, well, well, on it every fun. week if you're on it every week you could be it's fine but it's funny, <laughs> funny that, that of all the pictures you're in there twice seems a bit weird having someone in the logo that's not on it unless, unless all the time. I'm actually the fantasy pig in the middle of you two uh, you are boring, yeah, you are actually <laughs> then uh, we should get a fantasy pig suit yeah, that'd be pretty funny actually yeah. yeah maybe that's a good idea sure you can suit. I'll a be there this year I promise you so right, I'd you love have a, to have a beer with you finally have a beer with Case, not just me alright well that's it. Thanks for joining us we'll probably see you probably after the season starts from now maybe uh, yeah yeah, might on. even see how we're going might even jump uh, jump on a pre-season one just to chat some yeah if, know, games if, or if that's the time yeah be looking at some practice games that mm. might be pretty fun yes <laughs> alright that'll do peace out everyone see you later bye bye